Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Turn in your Bibles this morning, if you would, to Psalms. Psalm chapter 42. Um, it's kind of like in the middle of your Bible. And uh, I'm going to read to you five verses from there. We are in our series entitled Faith, Hope, Love. Faith, Hope, and Love. And uh, we, we tackled faith for the first several weeks of our series and then uh, last week, Pastor Melissa, how many of you guys are here for her message? Pastor Melissa preached an amazing message on hope. And if you missed that, make sure you go podcast that uh, this week. And I want to continue on that, that idea of hope in our Faith, Hope, Love series. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, now these three things remain until Jesus Christ returns. And he's, he's talking to the church. He's talk, Paul is talking to believers. And he says, these three things remain, faith, hope, Love. In other words, he says this, this is what you ought to give yourself to, church. This is what you ought to give yourself to, believers. Give yourself to faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. And so that's what we're looking at over the last several weeks, going to continue through Christmas. Today, looking at love, I'm going to continue that. Psalm chapter 42, let me give you some context of what's taking place. Uh, no doubt this is David writing. David, uh, well, probably one of the greatest writers of the book of Psalms. And he is writing, and the context is this, uh, David is one of the greatest kings of Israel, uh, the, Israel being known as God's chosen nation, uh, his chosen people, now we as the body of Christ are God's chosen people. Uh, but in the Old Testament, the, the, the children of Israel were, the nation of Israel was God's chosen people. David is king. David has a family, raises a family. One of those kids he has is a, a guy named Absalom. Absalom uh, now has, uh, has wickedness in his heart. And uh, he wants to take over the kingdom. And so the Bible uh, paints the picture that Absalom would, would position himself at the gates of the city. And as people would come through the gates to have a meeting with the king, uh, his son Absalom would intercept those meetings and he would begin to counsel them, thus winning over the heart of the people. Through this now, Absalom begins to set himself up as the king of Israel announces it to all the people that he wanted their heart over, and now he begins to drive his father David out of the kingdom, okay? So David now is no longer in the palace. He's no longer in the courts of God. He's no longer in a position of, of riches and royalty. He's been driven from that by his own son. And that is the context in which Psalm 42 is written. Are you with me? Psalm 42, verse 1. David writes, As a deer... Longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. In other words, David's saying, man, my spirit is dry. Man, I, I'm not in the place I used to be because of despair, uh, because of my circumstances, because of this uncertainty I'm walking through, and, and so I'm just dry. And so he paints this picture as a thirsty deer would pant for a stream. That's me right now, God. I'm, I'm desperate for your presence. Verse 2, I thirst for God, the living God. When can I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night. While all day long people say to me, where is your God? Listen to what he's saying. Now he's almost being taunted by his own people because he's been driven from the place of prominence in which he was. Now he's been driven from that. And all of those he used to lead that have fled with him are looking at him saying, David, David where's, your, where's your God? It says this in verse four. I remember this as I pour out my heart. Now listen to what he remembers. How I walked with many, leading the festival procession to the house of God with joyful and thankful shouts. 
Here he is, a moment of despair, a moment of uncertainty, and he's remembering back and he's longing for those moments once again where he would lead the people in praise to God. And he's thinking back, and that's what's on his mind. Now listen to verse 5. Why am I so depressed? Why this turmoil within me? Put your hope in God, for I will still praise him, my Savior in my God. In a moment of despair, in a moment of uncertainty, in a moment of looking back to what he used to be a part of, what he used to have, in this moment of despair, he talks to himself and he says, Self, why am I upset? Why am I depressed? Why am I sad? I need to shift my focus and I need to put my hope in God. Because when my hope is in God, it doesn't matter what my circumstance is. It doesn't matter what my situation is. When my hope is in God, listen to it now, I can still praise him, my Savior and my God. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today. Uh, Lord, I ask that in the next few moments that we have together, that Lord, you would just speak to us from the text. That you would speak to us from your awesome word. And that you would encourage us. God, you would challenge us, and God, you would push us out of whatever uncertain time we're in right now, whatever despair we might find ourselves in, whatever depression, God, whatever the problem might be. God, even if this morning we're here today and we would say, man, life is good and we're sitting on a mountaintop, that God, you would continue to push us forward in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. I just, I just mentioned a moment ago that my, my youngest daughter, Faith, she turned 12 uh, over the Thanksgiving uh, uh, holiday, and uh, she wanted Christmas, and so we did all of that, but in addition to Christmas, of course, she wants her normal birthday, and so she had a few friends come over, and uh, we did what probably all of us do on our birthday. Uh, we have a cake or a cupcake. Are there any cake people? Anybody love cake for their birthday? Any cupcake people out there? Come on, somebody. Any pie people? Right over here. Yeah. Okay, some people with pie. Some people, that, even if you don't like sweets, you have something, and, and here's the tradition. We stick a burning piece of wax in our food. Come on, somebody. And we, we, we stick that in there, and then we, we, we tell them to make a wish, to make a wish. And then I don't, I don't really know where this all started. I don't know how this came about. I haven't researched it and said, where did blowing out a candle and spitting all over the cake before you serve it? Come on, somebody. Are you with me? How many of you guys have ever been to a little kid's birthday party before? How many of you really want to eat that cake after they spit all over it? I mean, if you have a good host, they've prepared a separate cake just for the kid to blow out the candles. Are you with me? Okay. Because honestly, when you think about it, not only is making a wish before you blow out some hot wax weird, uh, spitting all over people's food before you serve it is even more awkward, right? But here we were celebrating her birthday, and we did like all of us do. We looked at her and said, hey, before you blow out the candle, make a, make a wish, now, I remember doing that, and let's be honest, I still do it, okay? And I'll probably do it for my 43rd birthday coming up in just a little while, about a month away, actually, a month from tomorrow. So if you're, you know, taking notes, you want to write that down in your calendar, feel free. I will probably have a candle to blow out, and I will probably do what all of you do. I will make a wish, and that wish will never, ever come true. Because if your wish is anything like mine, well, maybe it'll come true. It hasn't come true yet. But if your wish is anything like mine, and it did come true, there would be a Ferrari sitting in the driveway. Come on, somebody. There would be several million dollars in my bank account. Well, are you with me? And I would have a six-pack. Come on, somebody. All right. We make these wishes. 
And then, and then the week actually went on, and I don't know, I don't even know if this has been a tradition in our house. Maybe it's been one in yours, uh, but, but the wishes didn't stop because then we had Thanksgiving, and, 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 then, and then we found what is called the wish bone. Anybody with me? Anybody ever broke a wishbone before and made a wish, right? And whoever ends up with a bigger piece gets the wish, right? You both make a wish, you break it. Now, that is even a little more awkward to me. We are, we are carnivores. We are savage. We are brutal. We are, we are literally taking the furcula of this bird. You don't even know what a furcula is, huh? It's the wishbone. Come on, somebody, okay? We are literally taking the bone from this bird, and, and that bone serves a purpose, by the way. That bone is the one bone, actually, they think that is in birds that, 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 that allows them to fly the way they do. And here we are, and, and after eating turkey or whatever you ate, you take that little furcula and you just destroy it. How brutal is that? All to make a, a wish, a wish, a wish. And you know what? As we were doing all of that over Thanksgiving, it was right before we took off on a little trip. My daughters are standing by the door. Hey, you got to do the wishbone. And they're like, what is that? I'm like, oh, it's just something we found. It's not a part of the bird. Seriously, you know. And they broke it. and They made a wish. Here she is blowing out candles, making a wish. Here she is. And, and it dawned on me that, you know what? So many of us as believers see a wish as hope. We, 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 we see a wish as hope. As a matter of fact, when we talk about hope in the Bible, the thing we begin to think of is a wish. It's really no different than, than me on my birthday blowing out that candle, hoping, longing, maybe, I wish. It would be so cool if I had. It's no different than taking that, that little wish bone and splitting it in half, and, and maybe if I get the bigger piece, then, then this, this might, might happen. But I got news for you, ladies and gentlemen. Hope in the Bible is completely different from that wish. See, when, when we make a wish, a wish is like, like I hope that can happen. I, I mean, I'm, I'm really cool if that, that came about. But listen to what the word hope in the Bible means. It means to trust in, to wait for, to look for or desire something or someone or to expect something beneficial in the future. Here's the actual definition of the word hope. Ready? It means confident expectation. It means confident expectation. A wish is me like, wouldn't it be really cool if that happened? But hope is this. Hope is I know it's going to happen, so I'm going to posture myself in a position of expectation that I'm going to receive it. Amen? This is hope. Hope in the Old Testament. Here's how we discover hope in the Old Testament. It is this, literally this, this longing and this waiting and anticipation for. In the New Testament, we discover hope as they walk through trials and difficulties. Hope, hope. In Psalm 42, the Hebrew word is the word yachal, and it means to wait with expectation. So here is David when he begins to pen this thing, and this is what he's saying. He's saying, why am I depressed? Why am I sad? Why am I, my, 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 my situation, my circumstances, why have they got me so depressed? He says, here's what I need to do. I need to wait with expectation. He says, I wait with expectation. I have that hope I can still praise the Lord. So here's the thing. Where a wish says if, hope says when. A wish says if this could happen. Where biblical hope says when this is going to happen which completely changes our posture as believers. Are you with me this morning? Man, you guys are quiet today. I, mean, I just gave you a bunch of tweetables right there. Some instables. 
right? Take a picture. All right. Instagram it, right? But too many of us, we, 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 we read the Bible, we live our, our, our Christian faith, we live this walk out with a wish mentality. That if, man, if only God could, he can. Man, if, if only this, this could happen, it will. Because of hope. Because of hope. Because hope doesn't say if, hope says when. In Psalm 42, here is David. And David finds himself in a desperate place. He finds himself in a place of uncertainty. He finds himself really in a place of, of despair. And that's why he writes, why are you so depressed? He's literally in depression. He's literally in despair. And as he begins to write this, and he begins to pen this, he vacillates between fear and faith, and between hope and despair, and, and at times between optimism and pessimism. And at times he begins to write as his focus is on his circumstance and his situation. And then all of a sudden it'll get off of that, and now his eyes are on God. And he vacillates back and forth just like you and I do when we are in these same seasons. Are you with me this morning? But in the moment of vacillating back and forth between fear and between faith and between pessimism and optimism, all of a sudden he stops himself and he says, hold on a second, wait now, stop soul, quiet yourself. Why am I so depressed? Why am I in despair? Put your hope in God. And in that moment, he begins to recognize that his hope was not tied to God, but his hope was tied to some circumstance or some situation turning and working out in a different way. Listen, our hope is not tied to a circumstance, a situation. It's not even tied to result. It is tied to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And last time I read my Bible, he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He will never let us down. The Bible says, although we might make our bed in the pit of hell, guess what? He's right there with us. Amen. Amen. You've got to know something today with hope, the hope that David is talking about, that with hope, listen to me now, God will either pull you up, he will pull you out, or he will pull you through whatever you're walking through. He will. He will. He will do it. Why? Listen to me. I know this. When you have God on your side, and you can be assured of this, when you have God on your side, when you put your hope in God, listen to me, you will come out a winner every single time. You will. He will either pull you up. He'll pull you up. Man, you're walking through whatever it is. Maybe it's, you know, you, you felt, maybe you felt like David before. Maybe you felt like you were on top of the world. And all of a sudden now something happens. Now you're not. And you can look back to that moment of where you were. Look back to that moment where everything just felt, man, it's good. And things are smooth. And you can look back and you can long for that. Listen to me. Whatever you're walking through, know this, that God will pull you up. Sometimes he'll pull you up above so you can see and you can get perspective. And you can see and be like, okay, like this, this really isn't fun. This kind of sucks. But you know what? I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. I can see, God, that you've got this. Sometimes, though, he won't pull you up. Sometimes he'll pull you through it. When you, when you man, when you are just, man, I, I know, God, you got this, but I just don't have the strength to continue on. Guess what? He'll pull you. You're still going to go through it, but he's going to pull you through it. Anybody ever been there before? I don't want to walk through this. God will pull you through it. But sometimes, you know what, when you just don't have it in you, he's such a good God, he'll pull you out. 
He'll pull you out. He'll pull you out. That's why we can have hope. We can have hope, man. I'm telling you right now because God will either pull you up, he will pull you through, or he will pull you out. I'm telling you, he's got this. He's got this. Now listen to me. You need to understand this. It might not always look the way you thought it was going to look when you get to the other side. It might not look the way you thought it was going to look, the way, you, the way you wanted it to look. It might not look that way, right? But listen to me. Just because it doesn't look like you wanted it to look doesn't mean he didn't pull you up, pull you out, or pull you through. Are you with me? Put your hope. Listen to me. A wish says if. Hope says when. And too many of us, man, I'm telling you right now, we live our Christian faith on an if rather than a when. We need to put our hope. We need to put our hope in God. What about you this morning? What about you? I mean, we got the context of David. We understand his circumstance, his situation. But but what's your context this morning? What's what's your circumstance? What's your situation? What what is the thing that you're walking through right now that you would say, man, you know what? This this thing's got me down. Maybe it's it's a loss of a friend. Maybe, maybe Maybe it's a challenge in your marriage. Two words that go together really well, challenge and marriage. Yeah. The Bible does say as iron sharpens iron, so we sharpen one another. The only way something can be sharpened is as there's friction. Hello. Right? What are you going through right now? Maybe it's uncertainty in your finances. Anybody ever been there before? Right? Here we are, going into the holidays, and finances are already tight, and i got to figure out a way to get gifts for friends and family and people. Or, or maybe just uncertainty. What are you walking through? What is, what is causing you to feel like David in these first four v- verses? Could, 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 could today be your verse five? Could, could, could this morning be your verse five? Where, where we begin to look at ourselves and say, why am I so depressed? Why am I in despair? Why am I sad? Why am I down? I mean, I'm sitting on nice, cushy seats right now. Come on, somebody. Worship was good. Worship was good. I mean, the worship people are sitting in the, you might want to, the worship was good. All right. I mean, come on. We got, we got a, a, a temper, you know, a, a temperature controlled environment, right? This is nice. Roof over our head. This is good. Pastor looking good in his red jacket. Come on, somebody, right? Why, why, are, you, why, are, you, why are you in despair? Why are you worried? Why are you concerned? Could, could today be your verse five where you just say, hold on a second. Listen to me. We're not talking about just some, some weird optimism. We're talking about you are in the middle of something that is real. You're in the middle of something that's possibly even painful. You're in the middle of it right now. It's not fun. You don't want to walk through it, but listen to me. You can walk through it still praising God as you put your hope in him because you will get through it. You will get to the other side. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. Amen. Amen. Let me give you just a couple of reasons real quickly as as to why our, our hope breaks our discouragement and our depression. Are you with me this morning? Amen. Amen. You guys aren't saying amen. Amen. Good job, Pastor. You know what? I, I go to my, uh, I know this isn't a basketball game or any other kind of uh, sporting event. Uh, it's much better than that. It's the living church of Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, but, when, man, there's something about when you're, when, you're not, when you're in the game, 
uh, when all of a sudden someone cheers you on. Amen? Right? There's, some, there's something about that. And there's something that just builds up and edifies. I find myself doing it even in my daughter's ballet recitals. She told me I can't do that anymore. Dad, you can't. Dad, ballets aren't like that. Dad, ballets are like going to the library. Oh, okay. Go, Cara! Woo! You know, I'm just, you know, something about it. Why hope breaks our discouragement, our depression? Let me give you one right now. It's this. Our hope does not disappoint us. Our hope does not disappoint us. I'm telling you right now, it is impossible for you to put your hope in God, truly put your hope in God, and be disappointed. It's impossible. People will let you down. Circumstances, things. Listen, if you, put, if you tie your hope or your wish to a circumstance, to an outcome, to, to, to a person, yeah, that'll let you down. But if you put your hope in God, it will never disappoint you. Listen to Romans chapter 5. It says, therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have also obtained access through him by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also rejoice in our afflictions. I'm just going to pause right there for a moment. If you're a note taker or a highlighter, whether it's a paper Bible or a digital Bible, you should highlight that right there. I'm going to read it again. It says, and not only that, but we also rejoice in our afflictions. Well, I think we talked about that as we were talking about faith. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you fall into various trials. Knowing that what? The testing of your faith. Okay, so the trial is a test of my faith. Here it is again now in Romans. It says, hey, we rejoice in afflictions. Why? Listen to it now. Because we know that affliction produces endurance. Wow. Affliction produces endurance. We're going to talk about endurance in just a minute. That afflict, that thing you're walking through when your hope is in God, guess what? That affliction, it produces endurance. Now check this out. Endurance produces proven character. Notice it doesn't just say character. It talks about proven character because true character is seen when you walk through an affliction. True character is seen when you walk through a difficulty. That's when, listen, you can say whatever you want to say about yourself. You can paint the most beautiful picture about who you are. Oh, I'm a person of faith. I mean, I just love all people. And then until somebody cuts you off on the road. I can't do it because I'm a pastor. Just imagine. Right? Proving character. We're not talking about character. We're not talking about what we declare we are or, or really even what other people say. We're talking about when you are walking through the midst of something difficult and it, that's proven character. Oh, they really are a person of faith and they really are a person of, of love and they really are proven character. Man, the Bible's good, isn't it? Produces endurance. Endurance produces proven character. Now listen to this now. And proven character produces hope. Listen to it now. This hope will not disappoint us. How come? Because God's love has been poured out in our hearts 
through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. How did God pour out his love in our hearts? Through his son, Jesus Christ, who went to the cross to die for all humanity so that we could be forgiven of our sins. So the hope we have now in God, man, it is proven. Here's the greatest part about it. It's not proven by us. It's not proven because of what we've walked through. It's proven because what his son, Jesus, walked through. And because Jesus walked through it for us, we are assured and not disappointed of our hope. Amen. Are you with me? Listen to me. The Bible says when Jesus Christ went to the cross, he declared these words, it is finished. Everything you will walk through, everything you will will go through, listen to me. Put your hope in him because he's already conquered it. Amen. I believe this. That's why, listen to me, hope without Jesus is just a wish. Hope without Jesus Christ is just a wish. It's an if. But hope in Jesus Christ is a when because he's already conquered it. He's already completed. He's already done it. Amen. Amen. Our hope doesn't disappoint. And it may not work out the way I want, but I guarantee you it's going to work out. And you won't be disappointed. I, I think back to the days when we first started Canvas Church. Man, and man, the, the grand ideas that we had of Canvas Church. Some of you were there, a few of you. All the rest have forsaken me. I feel like Jesus. But man, the, the dreams we had. This is what we're going to do. I'm telling you, by month three, we were taking over Qualcomm Stadium. Come on, somebody. I mean, the Chargers don't want it anyway. Come on now. And we don't want the Chargers. So, okay, it's an even exchange, right? <laughs> I offended somebody. I mean, I remember these, these great, and here we are. Here we are now, many years later. Not quite yet in Qualcomm Stadium. We're in, we're in a theater. But you know what? These chairs are much more comfortable than Qualcomm Stadium. Come on, somebody. And the roof ain't leaking last time I checked. Amen. Right? Listen to me. I'm not disappointed. You know why? Because my hope wasn't tied to an outcome. My hope was tied to him. And I'm just walking in simple obedience to what he tells me to do. And when you do this, and if you tie your hope to an outcome, you'll be disappointed. You tie your hope to him. Number two, let me give this to you real quickly. Our hope, the Bible says, is an anchor. Is an anchor. Listen to, listen to this Hebrews 16.9. It says, and we have this hope. And it's as an anchor for our lives. Safe and secure. Doesn't that sound, doesn't that sound good right there? I want that. I want that hope. I want to be safe. I want to be secure. Amen. Anybody else? I want that. I want security. I want safety. We have this hope as an anchor for our lives, safe and secure. Listen now. It enters the inner sanctuary. Whoa, what are we talking about? We're talking about an anchor. What's our anchor? Behind the curtain. Well, only the priests could do that in the Old Testament. Verse 20, Jesus has entered there on our behalf as a forerunner because he has become a high priest forever and ever. Wow. What's the Bible saying? The Bible is saying our hope is an anchor because our anchor is Jesus Christ. It's him. He's entered into the holy of holies, man. We are anchored. We are secure because of the work of Jesus Christ. Now, you, an anchor means nothing to you unless you've been on a boat before, right? Or, or maybe, maybe on a little raft. 
right? And you just had to tie a rope to a tree so you didn't go downstream. I'll never forget one time being out in the water with my, with my girls, and uh, we, we would go to this place with the cousins, and uh, they call it Blue Waters. It's a shallow area of this river. And uh, we just kind of pull up there, but the current's still moving. And I'll never forget one time that I, I couldn't find the anchor. I couldn't find the anchor, and so I just got out of the boat, and I became the anchor. Yeah. Because <sighs> muscle weighs more than fat. And just clarifying. Um, and I remember getting out of the boat, and I'd have to sit there and hold it. And, and man, the current, man, kept pulling, kept pulling. And I'd pull the boat back over to my brother's boat. And, man, after, after about five minutes, I was tired. I'm like, I'm not going to stand. When we were planning on hanging out, having a picnic, I'm like, I'm not doing this. This is not fun for me. And I'm just like, then finally my brother goes, hey, I got another anchor. <laughs> so after I forgave him. We got the anchor. Now, here's the deal. We found a nice, solid spot. We got that anchor in there, tied it up, and the boat stayed because it was anchored to something secure. Too many of us are like me, trying to hold on to our life. We can do it for a little while, but we got to pull it back. Man, it gets tiring because we just have to keep, man, I'm feeling a little worn out, and i got to keep pulling, pulling, pulling this thing back back over here where it's supposed to be and it works for a little while but let me tell you something when you get the anchor of hope in your life man it is secure it is safe and it'll keep you grounded amen hope is an anchor hope is an anchor lastly we'll just conclude with this our hope endures our hope endures. Why hope breaks our discouragement and our depression? Because our hope is not, does not disappoint. Our hope is an anchor. And lastly, our hope endures. Let me give you the definition of endures. The definition of endures, it says, suffer something painful or difficult patiently. Remain in existence to last. 1 Thessalonians 1, 2 through 3 says, We always thank God for all of you, remembering you constantly, in our prayers, we recall in the presence of our God and Father your work of faith, labor of love, and endurance of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Faith, hope, love. We, we remember your work of faith, your labor of love, now listen to it, and your endurance of hope. You're suffering something painful or difficult patiently. You're patiently enduring those things to remain in existence to last. We remember those things. Listen to me, hope endures. When your hope is latched on to Jesus Christ, you can walk through difficult moments. You can walk through difficult situations. You can walk through it. And here's the great part. As you walk through it, man, sometimes he'll pull you up. Sometimes he'll pull you through. And sometimes he'll pull you out. But one thing is for sure, because he is the anchor, listen to me now, hope will never disappoint you. What are you walking through this morning? What, 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 what difficult situation, what, what thing? Maybe you even used the words this week. I feel like 
I'm, I'm depressed or I feel like I'm discouraged or I feel like I have anxiety or I feel like there's some conflict. I feel like there, there's something happening. There's something going on. What was it this week? What will it be next week? Listen to me. You put your hope in God and no matter what circumstances or situations arise, you can keep praising him through the storm. You can keep worshiping him through the controversy. You can keep rejoicing through the conflict because his hope is sure. Amen. Amen. I'll never forget the beginning of 2016. Beginning of 2016 for me personally was a difficult beginning. Stepping into 2016. And had it not been for hope, I don't know where I'd be. Stepping into 2016, some conflict would arise and some circumstances and situations. And it'd be one of the most painful things I've ever walked through as a leader. Losing some of my closest friends. You talk about uncertainty. Felt a little bit like David. David pens here and people are looking at him, saying, where's your God at? What are we going to do now, David? I I had to find that anchor. I had to put that hope. Listen to me now. Hope became endurance for me. Hope became endurance for me. Because let's be honest with ourselves. When something creates pain, the easiest thing is to take out the thing that's causing the pain. But what do you do when it's internal? What do you do when it's spiritual? What do you do when it's hope? Endurance. Thank God for your work of faith, your labor of love, and your endurance of hope, your your willingness to, to suffer patiently through a painful and difficult situation, to remain in existence, to last. And at times I didn't know what was more difficult, the thing that was happening to me, around me, or, or as we began to walk through it, as I was anchored in hope, have people come and say, well, Pastor, are you okay? I mean, are you bothered by anything that's happening? And, and, and just to be, be confident, yeah, yeah. Because it looks like you're doing all right. I'm doing all right because of hope. Doing all right because of hope. What would it be if the church of Jesus Christ, listen to me, because there's people walking through the same thing you're walking through. There's people having the same challenges that you're having. There's people that are walking through the same struggles. And you can look at them and they look like they're in despair. But they look over here and they see you walking through and they're like, what's your deal? Because here's the thing. The world says despair is okay. The world says that's what you should be feeling. That's what you should be walking through. But that's why we have this shining light called the church of Jesus Christ. That gives them hope. Because when they look over here and they see us walking through the same thing, the same challenge, the same struggle, the same difficulty, they're like, but what, what is it about you? That's why the Bible says to be ready to give a reason for the hope that lies inside of us. Because they're over here with no answers, no solutions, no remedies. But we're over here. And we have the hope of Jesus Christ. That's the hope of, that's the, hope of the church. That's the light 
people are going to look and say, what's... That's why Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, church, these three things, you got to get them. got to have them. Faith, hope, and love. Your work of faith, your labor of love, when things get real difficult and you feel like throwing in the towel, you feel like calling it quits, the endurance of hope. Hope won't disappoint because my God, is he gonna pull you up? He's gonna pull you through or he's gonna pull you out. God, we thank you for your word today. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.